Hello and welcome back to the Emerald Games Cast, episode 56. I'm pretty sure my name is Nolan, with me is... I'm pretty sure it's Janelle. I'm pretty sure that also with us today is... Uh, last time I checked it was Alex. Yeah, I, I, I think that's about right. Um, maybe you guys should consult the ending of one of our previous episodes and find out one of your many other names. That's true, oh, we, we do go by many names. Yeah. It's true. Um, it is... February 28th. You guys know what that means. I know what that means because when I launched up Animal Crossing this morning, Isabel reminded me that February is over. She said it went by so fast. I didn't get that message. I got one of my dream villagers moving in today, so I didn't uh, get that message because more important things were happening on my island. Well, I did, and I, uh, it's, I don't know. February is an uneventful month for me. February makes me feel like shit. Why? Because it's cold and long and I'm sick of winter. And I, there aren't any video games that come out in February and it's all just the worst. Yeah, we've you know talked about this on podcasts before, but February mm. is famously garbage month for media. It's where you put movies you think are going to flop. Mm-hmm, it's where mm-hmm. you don't put video games, just end quote. Like, nobody cares that about being February. Said, that being said, there were some pretty sizable announcements that happened this week. Yeah. Um, in February... You know, the beginning of the year tends to be really good for announcements. It's when you find out what's going to be coming. But uh, we actually have a game to talk about before we get into the news this week. We were uh, generously provided with a review copy of a game that is pretty new. It just came out called Room to Grow by a developer named Mishka Kaminer. Um, K-A-M-E-N-E-R. Prob- probably pronounced like that. I'm not sure. But... um. Alex, you've, you've played it a little bit. Do you want to tell the listener what it's about? Yeah, so it is a game. You are a little cactus, and your goal is to move other cactuses into the ground where they can grow. Like, you're like you're pushing them around, and your cactus body interacts with itself and, like, certain walls. Uh, I've heard it be compared to a game called Snakebird, which I guess it's very similar to. And both of those games are what you would call a Sokoban game. Which is like you have to Sokoban. like yeah you have to like push boxes around like a Sokoban like is the mm. genre I've heard it be called. Huh, um, interesting. Okay. But in this game you're a cactus and it is hard as hell. Yeah. It is an unbelievably <laughs> challenging puzzle game, and like it's it's. <clears throat> I I remember getting on a, a Discord call with like three other people. And it was like 30 minutes for us to all, three of us at the same time, work out how to solve one of the puzzles. I'm only like, I could only make it like 15 levels in before we actually started recording this. Like, I haven't been able to get past it. My, my dumb baby brain just keeps hitting against this cactus wall. And I think that I, I, I might have fared ever so slightly better, but I didn't get much further than the beginning of the second world. Um, because Wait, the second world or the second level? Definitely not second level. I I solved more than two puzzles yet. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. But you're still in the forest, right? Because it looks like there's other regions. Um, yeah, okay. Is that how the worlds are delineated? I think so. Because I'm, I'm, like, I'm on, like, number 15 or 16. I don't remember. Okay, I'm I'm definitely still in the forest. I'm, I might be a little bit further than that, but not much. Um, it's, it's the kind of thinking... Um, in a puzzle game that you're you're sort of trying to line up two or three different cactuses at the same time, but you don't have the luxury of, for example, like 
putting one objective into the goal space and then focusing on a different objective because your your movements are all synchronous and you really only get one go at it so you need to find out the optimal golden path to move your cactus kind of like the movement is reminiscent of snake but you're moving along a grid um and then you can push things that are inside the grid so you're on the lines and then the 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 cactuses that you're moving are inside the lines and you can do things like if you bump up against a wall you'll continue to grow but your body will get pushed back and anything it collides with will get pushed yeah. with it so you're, 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 you're using that mechanic to push the cacti around you're a potted cactus so your base is yeah. a little pot and like you can push yeah. that around that but god it's so hard it is such it, it, an it, unbelievably challenging puzzle game it, it like gets to a point where there is i mean i guess this is pretty early on but there is really only one perfect path to take um and you are going to be needing to just restart the level a whole bunch like if you don't find it uh, you're, you're probably not going to stumble on it. And for me, honestly, when it introduced two cacti at the same time, I think I, I think I made it less than 10 puzzles further than that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, people on the steam reviews say that it is a good introduction to some more complex puzzle genres. Um, it's a really damn well made game like it that's, executes yeah. perfectly on its on its thing that's one thing uh, that i, I think really that alex to... and i might just be too dumb for it <laughs> yeah that's one thing that i really wanted to say though is that even if we even if we do have uh yeah. dumb bullshit baby brain uh it is it's actually like really inspiring like it's a very simple game made by one person with a grant from the uh australian government of like the victorian i don't know what you call that like a region it's not a state um yeah mm-hmm. uh, us yankees don't know how things work down down under but uh but it's, it's 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 really cool. They were just able to make a really charming, interesting puzzle game that will challenge you if you are looking for a good, challenging puzzle. And yeah, it's a it's a great brain teaser, and uh, it, it it doesn't you know, it doesn't have any like pressure that it puts on the player. Uh, there's there's no real there's no real fail state. There's no yeah you can just time undo requirement. Uh, everything's undoable. Um, the levels are all. If you know the solution, it'll take you 15 seconds, maybe. So there's there's no um, real sense of loss when you're not figuring this stuff out, uh, and it's it's like it's pretty addicting. It's it's like very it's very like mathematical in a way, almost. It's very like geometrical. Yeah, um, yeah. It like reminds me of something you might play on those old Brain Age DS games, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, this is it's way harder than a Brain Age game. This is like its own thing. It 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 it, it is, but uh, the, like con- conceptually, I, I guess what I'm saying is conceptually. It's so clean that it uh, is almost the type of game you could just play on graph paper. It's like that simple, but that clean and um, oh yeah. I mean, it, it has the graph, doable. and it's kind of what it's designed for. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I if very, I was to nice. say one thing, and I'm sure that so many people have said this, that every indie dev is just sick of hearing it. Um, this is a game that I wouldn't mind playing on Switch. Like it, I, the <laughs> idea of it being portable. Or, like, hell, even yeah. a mobile port. I don't know how feasible that would be, but, like, this is a game that, like, could be really, really nice to just pick up and put back down yeah, with the convenience of something that's a little bit more portable. Um, yeah, uh, that being said, it's, it's like, the Steam page says that it's uh, 100 puzzles. Um, if you and I, you know, on our first couple sitting got up to 20, um, it's not, like, too... Uh, 
long, so I feel like it doesn't seem to be asking too much to me to be at my, com my computer. Um, so that doesn't seem like too much of a downside, but at the same time, I'm so with you. I would love this on Switch, yeah. and I, I, I definitely want to to finish it. Like, I, 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 I feel bad that we can't review it with the perspective of having solved it, but the puzzles are so good that I mean, we've not, yeah. we're not done with them. The, the puzzles that we have <laughs> solved, though, like, I can't speak for you, but for me, it took, it took a while, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first few, I think the first, like, ten or so, I was sort of like, once I clicked it, it felt like, um, you know what, it, it, the design is, is really clever in a way that reminds me of the way that portal puzzles were laid out, where each individual puzzle without any tutorial text is feeding you a new tactic to put in your repertoire. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So that as you're playing, you are um, going in in baby steps up the rung of complexity. Um, and it's just like putting that together. Kind of like kind of like Baba is you, man. That's Same what thing. I was thinking. Like I every think... everything in Baba is you makes perfect sense, but sometimes I can't put it together. I did get some Baba is you vibes from from this game, which is a, which is a very good thing cuz it's an amazing game. But if you, listener, are interested in playing it, it's called Room to Grow. It is currently available on Steam. Um, give it a look if you're if yeah, you would out, be into some tough puzzles. Came out three days ago, so it's it's hot, fresh off the fresh off that cactus press. Hot off the sand. <laughs> hot off the sand. That fresh Aussie sand. <clears throat> and then I mentioned earlier that we had some announcements this week. Janelle, you and I, you and I, I know we're very excited about this state of play. Oh man. Can you give me your impressions on this? We're going to talk about the announcements, but like, how do, how do you feel about I this day? I don't remember any announcements, and I remember thinking, I've never been so disappointed <laughs> in, a, Ever? in a state of play. It was just so uneventful. For the most, there were actually a, a couple things. Now that I'm looking at the list, that I thought were pretty neat, but um. I was surprised that they had this because they introduced, I think, one new thing? I think. Maybe Yeah, two? there was only one quote-unquote surprise announcement I can really think of. There was, like, there was, there the was big surprise announcement and then, like, one smaller indie game announcement, if I remember correctly. Um, Unless you're a Five Nights at Freddy's fan, and then this was big. Probably, you. yeah. <clears throat> so, um... Yeah, I mean, I feel very lukewarm on this. And this was, yeah. this was a... This was what they called, uh... A state of play, which was like a little video presentation, not too similar from Nintendo Directs or E3 presentations, where they just kind of showed a reel of games and were like, here's what's coming next, here's what you can take a look at, right? And it was very short. It was about, I think, 35 minutes or so. Yeah, something like um, that. So by the time we were seven minutes in and they had just finished talking about Crash Bandicoot, we were like, okay, cool, show us something new. And then it was ten more minutes, and we were like, maybe it'll still happen, and then like 10 minutes later it was ending and we're like okay yeah nothing's happening for us i here. um i think that overall like like you guys said uh this this direct was essentially reminding us that several things that had been announced previously were still in the works and showing new trailers yeah uh, but i do want to talk about the the one big thing out of this maybe a couple of the small things um later but I would, I would venture to guess that everyone's main impression from this presentation was Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, mm -hmm. which is... There were, uh, there were two or three, but yeah, that's the big <clears> one. That, that, is, that is the big one. So this actually came paired with an announcement just uh, a day or two later that the PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be one of March March's PS Plus games for free, but 
the game itself is also getting a PS5 upgrade, which um, has some extra paid content, and they are sort of it's like a it's like a half step upgrade. I mean, it's 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 an intergrade, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. calling it. They're sort of revamping the game's lighting. Um, I think that they're they're redoing a good amount of the textures, or at least bringing them into higher resolution um and then the game is going to be running at 60 fps which i know is a big deal for a lot of people who who weren't happy with the uh the sort of 30 fps cap that the ps4 version runs at if you don't have a pro and if you have a pro it still runs at 30 fps hmm. that doesn't change really yeah i didn't know that also cloud's hair looks awful like it's so fuzzy but in the in the at least in the little clip of the ps4 or the ps5 uh like redo they showed cloud's hair looks a lot crisper and cleaner so, so little my... little upgrades like that well the thing is though oh well sorry Nolan, you no, no, about go ahead the, go ahead um i was gonna ask you a question so go ahead they were doing the like side-by-side comparisons and uh, some of them did look better on ps5 but i thought a handful of them looked better on the ps4 edition of the game like when Which they were really? showing different um you know settings with the with See, the new look that makes sense I was I, I'm not even kidding when I say I was just looking at Cloud's hair because that bugged me so much <laughs> when I played that game. I was like, if they fix this, then I might like I'm not gonna get a PS five anytime soon, but you know, fingers crossed a PC port, I'll buy it again. I don't give a shit. Like I wanna be able to see this game at sixty FPS and with Cloud having like hair that doesn't look like a cartoon, like fuzzy angry line. I, I, I get I get where you're coming from, uh, but I, I gotta be honest I I've never, I've never noticed this. that. I'm but I believe now. you. Yeah, I believe you too. But I have to see it for myself because I haven't even heard about this. You know, the thing that stood out to me was the lighting when they particularly they showed this this one shot of Cloud walking in the Midgar slums with the camera pointed up at the the plates above um and sector six in in Midgar is incomplete so there's this there's a lot of sunlight shining through in 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 the lore of the game once sector six is complete there will be no more natural light coming down into to Midgar so a lot of the footage makes a lot of the footage in the trailers of the original and in this remake make a really big deal out of that out of that shaft of light has some metaphorical significance and it looks really beautiful on ps5 whereas on the ps4 it is not so much a shaft of light as like a a view up into the into the clouds there, there's not um like rays mm. uh coming through it but that being said before i saw the way that it looked in intergrade that never bothered me i've always thought the ps4 version looked really beautiful so it, yeah. it's sort of like a new coat of paint that yeah, I mean, so the P- real kicker is going to be whether you think this Yuffie content they're adding is worth the thirty bucks or whatever they're charging for. For me, it. the PS4 game looks like mechanically and design wise really pretty, but it's got some like muddy textures and like low res JPEGs and like weird like anti aliasing with with clouds hair, a thing that you look at all the time in game that like <laughs> really kind of bugged me. But see, I I haven't I haven't played the game, um, but as someone who is you know, Janelle and I are actually playing Final Fantasy VII original right now um, with no no mods or anything, just the the default graphics. Yeah. Um, except I guess they're upscaled for PS4. But I mean, my point of comparison is Final Fantasy VII, yeah. circa '97. <laughs> yeah, so to me, yeah. I'm like I'm like, holy shit, this game is beautiful, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to because another detail that we learned here is that the PS4 uh, PS Plus 
free version of the game is does not come with a PS5 uh, free upgrade. So that's yeah. a detail too. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you also briefly mentioned the, the Yuffie. There's a separate like episode with an optional character from the original game, Yuffie. She is a little ninja. In this game, she wears a, a Moogle cape. It's real dumb and real cute. Uh, and then it's just it's just more game, but with Yuffie and her friend from, I forget what they call the country that they come from, but it's just like a different place in the world. I think his name's, I think his name's Weiss. Wait, no, isn't isn't? I think Weiss is a different. I could I could also I don't remember. The point is, it's it's like more yeah, content I don't know. that okay. they're gonna add with this PS5 mm. upgrade. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the other things? I think there are things worth talking about, and it was so yeah. short that like. Sure. So we maybe w- not, maybe not everything, but there are some things yeah. definitely. So we kind of out to you outside of that. No, anything? Yeah. Um. There was this really fun looking kung fu game. Yeah. Sifu. Um. And that looks really fun. If you guys mm-hmm. want to talk about it a little bit more. It was it, when it showed the opening scene. I was like, oh, is this like an old boy game? Because it's just they're just showing the the iconic fight scene in the hallway from the original old boy. And then he dies, and it switches over to the uh, John Wick nightclub. <laughs> so it, it's just like, have a cool kung fu action scene in iconic <clears throat> movie. <clears throat> Obviously not licensed, but very, very clearly trying to invoke the memories of those iconic like film scenes. And it looks slick as hell. These are the same guys who made Absolver, which is a game that I actually played a little bit of and really enjoyed for what it was, even if it was really simple, where it's the same idea. It's like just like a, a martial arts-like game where you're just you're fighting other people and you have this very fluid very dynamic like again kung fu action it looks real cool and the uh the dying and replacing the character made me think that you know i'm just speculation but made me wonder if this is going to be a a roguelike of some sort i think it is seeing seeing how many enemies you can fight through with this uh good old kung fu looks fun i i like i mean hey who doesn't like kung fu i'm keeping my eye on that one for sure janelle i'm surprised you didn't mention your your favorite australian boy oh crash yeah he's he's busy with cactuses right now (laughs) i haven't played crash bandicoot 4 yet so um like they showed some ps5 enhancements and stuff for crash 4 which is cool but none of it really, like, like I was like, okay, I still think this game looks cool. But since I haven't played any of the PS4 version, I don't have anything to compare it to. I just still think it looks really fun. Yeah. They, yeah. they kind of neglected to mention, though, that Activision wants you to, wants to charge you $10 to upgrade your to the PS5 version. With very little but visual differences. <clears throat> which is I think that's not that's not like too bad to me. I mean, I remember back when we had PS3 to PS4. You could do that uh with Assassin's Creed. You could you could pop in the PS3 disc and pay $10 and you, you then you could get the download for the PS4 version. Yeah, and, um, but that was like a whole new thing. Like we have precedents of other people and other right. companies just like upgrading their games for free. It's not unheard of. We also I think that they should be free upgrades, absolutely. But yeah. we also have games that aren't doing that at all. Um, like, I remember having to get Dragon Age Inquisition on my PS4 because mm-hmm. they didn't release the DLC on the PS3. And it wasn't like, here's a cheap upgrade. It was just here, spend $60 again on our game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would I would definitely prefer... Uh, 
I would definitely prefer free upgrades, but like this early in the cycle, it doesn't uh, it doesn't strike me as, as too scummy because there isn't really a precedent set for it yet. Um, I, I do think there is something to be said though for the kind of scantness, the sort of you know sort of th threadbare upgrade that they're offering. That's the I mean, problem. Really, right? you're, you're, sort, you're sort of paying for. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I don't have, I don't on principle have any objection to a small price for a paid half step upgrade but i am willing to say the crash bandicoot one in particular didn't look that meaty um but like you know inter like integrate if integrate was paid i would be like yeah that makes sense it was like ten dollars um so i i would not really i, I might pay for yuffie i would not pay for integrate i i would feel the same way if final fantasy or if if final fantasy didn't make it if square enix also wanted me to pay ten dollars like yeah mm -hmm. especially because that game just came out like a year ago uh -huh, really uh -huh. Yeah, I guess I'm comparing it in my mind to um, what the, the the everything before this, which is either cross-gen games that had no system of upgrades at all, or people buying something like Red Dead Redemption Two a second time on PC uh, to get exclusive content, better graphics, and like a photo mode, and that would be a full purchase. Up until basically Xbox sort of pioneered this idea of an upgrade that you get for free it's a good thing it's it's very pro-consumer i very much like it but we didn't expect companies to do that before one of them did it it was never it was never a thing before like you you couldn't put your gamecube disc of twilight princess into your wii and get motion controls yeah um, well, I, the, 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 the tech was probably there. Why but... hasn't anybody made like a PS One disc <laughs> that you could put into all of the subsequent consoles that work a little bit better each time? So by the time you like get to your PS Five, Frogger looks like a real frog. Oh man, <laughs> like... they actually hard coded like several gen of graphics into yeah, the yeah. memory, but it's just not accessible. I Can't wonder if you like, do that, like a <laughs> five so layer disc, and like each one runs a different game depending on what. Taco Bell can make on. a five layer burrito. I don't see yeah. why. Yeah. Sony can't do this. They're the same when I, thing. When it's I was the in same thing. when I was in elementary school, I remember going to school and someone telling me that they had taken two of their GameCube discs and put them in their GameCube at the same time, and that they got like a it, it that it auto generated a crossover game. I think you've and told this story on the podcast, but I love it. Have I? I think, I think so. so. But we might have a new listener. That's true. Uh, well, That's true. I can just tell it really quick. Um, I took 007 Nightfire and Harvest Moon, It's a Wonderful Life, and slapped them on top of one another and fully expected, with no hesitation, to run around my farm in first person with a Walther PP7 shooting up like some some monsters as james bond it did it didn't happen actually i think i damaged both of the discs and harvest moon was a rental too and it made it back fine but i played fast and loose with that you know yeah i yeah. i'd like to think that it wouldn't be that you'd be on your harvest moon farm shooting things i'd like to think it's that <laughs> instead you're in james bond planting a garden yeah. I, I i i think it's like it's like pokemon versions but it's dependent on which disc you put in first exactly <laughs> like yeah. if you put the the james bond disc on the bottom then it loads those levels but then harvest moon character you know and then the title screen would say like 007 and <laughs> seasons or something like that the, the British supervillain Missy the Cow is is gonna yeah. bomb Fuck America. Yeah. Uh, there were you a couple. 
What's up? Oh. What's, what's that? Wait, Alex and I were doing the same thing. Oh. Sorry, Alex, you it? go for it. Uh, well, there were a couple other things I wanted to run over real quick. Unless Janelle, you had like one you want to talk about, or um, we saw a little bit more of Deathloop. Yes, yeah. that's we've what we've all been very about. excited before. For so that's very exciting. And how do you feel? Um, this isn't my original thought. I don't have those, but <laughs> yes, it's absolutely true that having a James Bond esque like Snake Eater esque song in your trailer, Fuck yeah. like Fuck made yeah. every other thing look horrible. Fuck yeah. Like, they didn't even this, show us anything new of Deathloop, but I'm, I'm this, so this trailer, This trailer, to me, was like an EP drop. This was just them dropping their single of the song that is Honestly. called Deathloop. And it's 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 a bop, and I love it. And this game looks amazing. Yeah. I think this game looks so good. I am very, very excited to play it. You uh, can read about that on the Daily Emerald. I did write about that. Ooh. There you go. If you <laughs> haven't heard of it, listener, it's... The, the people behind uh, Dishonored and Prey, Arcane Studios, it's a game that is, is very... Thematically reminds simultaneously of, like, 1960s espionage, James Bond flicks, but also, like, black exploitation 70s action movies in a way. It's, it's, it's very much like that mid-20th century hyper-violent rock and roll energy um, with, with, like, a funky aesthetic... But you're, you're, you're playing through a time loop where you are trying to, at least my impression, you're trying to figure out how to kill all these people that you're trapped on with an island who are like your targets, but somebody else, an assassin, is also hunting you. Mm-hmm. And if you die or you fail, you know, you restart and you're trying to find like the optimal path to outsmart everyone and, and get that perfect run where you get all the kills. It's like the time resets at midnight every day. So if you get killed or if it hits midnight, you have to restart. It's like the the outer wilds of uh, Hitman. Hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, wow. it, it looks slick as hell. I'm super into the like 70s aesthetic with like switchboards and like that 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 mm-hmm. one particular shade of like orange and yellow. That's oh, an every yeah. 70s thing. Um, oh, man. I, I keep I forget if it was going to come to PC or if it's delayed there, too. But it's coming on PS5, so you guys will get probably first dibs. Um, I could have sworn it was like an Epic Store thing, but I don't think that's true. It might be. In my in my brain, I thought that. I, I have no qualms with the Epic Store, so I will get it if sure. it comes on there. But uh, what I won't get, and because I, I don't care, is Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. The chat uh, was so excited at this game, and I kind of thought the Five Nights at Freddy's craze died, like, years ago, but... Well, there's people that are invested, because it, it, at, at this point, the horror is still a big thing, but a lot of the people who are still invested are because the the lore is, like, several pages of wiki deep now, and yeah. every uh, game, to my understanding, is un- unraveling a little bit. It's like, it's like Undertale-tier lore obscurity. Can I or con- obfuscation, rather. Can I confess something? Yeah, yeah. what's up? The di- I've never played those games. This one didn't look bad. I mean, it looks bad. Well, it looked bad. Don't, this isn't me saying that I think this game looks good. Um, but what I am going to say is that the day before this came out, I saw a GIF of the original game, which I've never actually seen before, and I thought it looked kind of fun. And then I yeah, felt yeah. really guilty about that for no. some reason. No, I feel guilty. Um, and then I was like, maybe there is a reason all the 12-year-olds like this game. Well, and then this trailer was um it seemed to take away every single thing that made the original one scary and interesting and make it kind of weird and played out i what i, I was gonna think say you is feel guilty a, right well, yeah yeah absolutely not yeah. but what i was the original say is, game was was really popular and and and, and creative like it, I, I i don't think that it w- was ever going to be this big expansive project with a, a, a jrpg and a 
shooter and everything. It was, it was made by like a spiteful graphic yeah. designer who got mad yeah. that like people kept saying his things looked scary, right? Like, <laughs> but yeah, and, that, and that's Icon. true to my understanding. But this game makes it so. You mentioned Five Nights at Freddy's being like kind of innovative and different because it is. I've never seen a game play quite like that. This is just like a regular video game. This is like an Alien Isolation take on it where you're just you move around in the world and can like hide in the ball pit and like the big like, like, play tubes yeah. and stuff like i think a big benefit to the other ones is that the like animatronics look kind of gross and like moldy and falling apart but these ones don't look like that so it, it takes away like any like fear of these things being creepy others when they just like look all clean and shiny and new. yeah yeah Everything looks clean and shiny. Like, it doesn't have the, the weird, gross dinge that you get when you go into, like, a, a Chuck E. Cheese or... Were we around... Yeah. When, were we alive when Showbiz Pizza was a thing? Was that a thing I've for us? I've never heard of that. Have you? I don't think so. I only ever went to Chuck's. It was a very similar idea to Chuck E. <laughs> That's Cheese. That's the first place I'm going when COVID's over. Hell yeah. Guys, I want, I want you to know that my proudest achievement is that one time I convinced my mom to get me enough cups full of quarters that I... Unlocked everything in Hydro Thunder on the Chuck E. Cheese arcade cabinet. Hell yeah. But the reason this is a big achievement is not is not because that game is hard. That game that game is not hard. Um it's the reason it's a big achievement is because you only get ten seconds to put a coin in to stop the continue counter from erasing your progress. And I uh I did have to like anticipate that and like send my cousin to to get my mom to begin the quarter getting process before <laughs> i lost her race and then he got there with like three seconds to spare and we slapped that shit in there and kept going that's incredible yeah. and I'll, I'll i'll ride that high till i die i'm just thinking that maybe your mom should have just given you the cup of quarters no 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 it, it, it wasn't that it was like i'm it was like i'm on lap one of a race and i'm like if i lose this one we're gonna lose everything you should run to my mom and ask her to start go buying a new thing of quarters. Oh, okay, okay. So that she'll be I done see. by the time we need them. <laughs> I was I was hearing this as like mom has the cup of quarters and no. I'm only allowed to have one at a time because I can't have too much fun. Yeah, that, that's that was my <laughs> understanding. No, our, too, yeah. our 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 cup was empty. We had spent the like the whole allotment, but I was just like go we like. We're going to need to convince her. We're going to need her to get her wallet. She has to wait in line. She has to get the quarters. She has to bring them over here. So I, I was like, you got to get this process going right now. And, you know, and it timed out perfectly. And <laughs> Incredible. It was, and then we got that game on N64, and it just wasn't as, it just wasn't as fun without the pressure. Yeah. Without yeah. the mouse watching you. These were the only things that I think are even worth mentioning. I was going to say. But if there's anything else you guys think. Um, I want to mention, I don't really want to talk about it, because I, I don't really care. But I think that somebody would, would at least like us to mention that um, we, we saw a lot of Kena Bridge of Spirits. Okay. Um, Kingdom Bridge of Spirits, like it looks to me like a PlayStation answer to like a classical style Legend of Zelda game. Really? Um, but with like way more active uh, action style combat. I, I don't really know. It just like playing that game, it, it it very much to me looked like the kind of adventure that you would get out of a game like wind waker or ocarina or something but with a more modern combat layer and then also like a pixar art style but that's, i don't really know because we haven't seen yeah. a lot of the game that's super interesting i would not have thought zelda when i saw that but there's yeah what would you have thought 
I, I don't, I, I didn't think. I kind of just saw that and my eyes glazed over. My eyes were glazed over for a lot of this presentation. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought this, that's, sorry. No, go ahead. Good. This looks, this and like, God, what is that other, can you go back to the list, Nolan? Yeah. Um, this and, was it Solar Ash? Both looked so, was Solar Ash uh, what I'm thinking of? Yes. Yeah. These two games both looked so wildly generic in, like, completely opposite ways. And most of the thing for me was also just having my eyes glazed over. This game yeah. looks you know, really generic. It's pretty, it's, like, the thing, generic in a pretty way. The yeah. thing is that yeah. uh, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, discount Solar Ash and Kina necessarily because like listener you should know um kina especially if you if you go watch the trailer this game looks absurdly well made i mean this not only is this game in my opinion drop dead gorgeous yeah it looks pretty um, it it yeah it, it, it looks like it it plays and and moves very fluidly like it looks like a playable pixar movie essentially but that's the thing but but, but like it, it's it's high production value and talent to me um doesn't change the fact that I'm just bored of this aesthetic a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I re- I'm really bored of, like, fairy tale, high fantasy Pixar stuff yeah. to the point where my I, I, don't, I don't even pay attention when it's on screen. Well, yeah. it's like... <laughs> but we I know were, someone will like it. We were watching a Game of the Year thing, um, and they, on the, like, like, prettiest game list, they like gave the point against ghost of tsushima that it's like so pretty it's boring because every game is like so pretty now right and like that's kind of how i feel about this it's very pretty so is every other game mm-hmm. right and now i mean like i, I can I, see people really like i don't even game. think that oh that, yeah that's oh, what yeah. i'm saying i i think people will i think people will love this game people who are into it um it it, it looks like a very good game yeah it just doesn't look like one that i yeah care about um, absolutely and and about the thing where you know games being being pretty and boring I feel like I'd want to expand on that and not say that it is boring when a game is pretty, but just that many games are pretty in a boring way. Yeah, like yeah. Like being being pretty without uh, using your aesthetic in, in some interesting way, it, it isn't. It's not impressive anymore. Right. Because that's sort of like the the minimum level for a funded studio at yeah. this point. Absolutely. And yeah. So there were a couple other things, but we'll link the video in the yeah. description, and we also have like the official rundown from the PlayStation blog. You can check these out if you if you want to see more about them, because maybe some of the things we mentioned might interest you. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But we will come back to this idea of games being pretty or not uh, when we talk about uh, Pokemon Presents. Did you guys have yeah. to watch this? Um, we watched like. The videos afterwards. We, we watched like the trailers. Watch okay. Live, yeah. So okay. So you so you didn't watch like the whole thing. You just like watched no. a couple of trailers. Yeah. So the the trailer. I watched the important ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It started out with because uh, uh, the twenty seventh. So yesterday, as of when we we're recording this, was like the anniversary of Pokemon, the twenty fifth anniversary, and that's what this was about. It was like a little showcase to show off the next couple games, um, but they also led with like this weird, like scummy, like. Pokemon is, like, a lifestyle brand now. We're a part of your life. And, like, showing, like, kids growing up playing Pokemon, it felt a little uncomfortable to me. Uh, and I've talked about this before, but it's, like, it's just... It's, it's kind of, like, manipulative marketing, I feel like. Um, but they also isn't, showed... Isn't it, isn't it true, though? Like, if you show no, a bunch of kids growing up with Pokemon, like, that's not really, like, manufacturing and attachment. A lot of the, those people are real. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people. But it's still, yeah. like... There's just a weird disconnect. And the idea that they're using it to, like, sell more products is, is something that I 
still feel a little weird about. Maybe that's just a, a minor nitpick of me. I don't know. And maybe I'm I think that's a really. It, but... I think that's a really interesting point. I think that the only reason it stands out to me is because like, how could anyone internally at Pokemon make a tribute to the importance of Pokemon in people's lives without it marketing Pokemon? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's just something about that trailer that felt very like deceptive. I don't know. That makes sense. Okay. Like, well, we'll watch this. Yeah. It, I'm, it, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what you yeah. mean. But uh, they also showed a little bit of, or more of the new Pokemon Snap game, which looks gorgeous. I'm very excited for this. Um, it does. They didn't show really anything new. They showed like the equivalent of, I think what they called the Pester Ball in the N64 version. You throw it at a Pokemon and then it glows. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it just like, looks it was really like... pretty. It was like three minutes of gameplay we hadn't seen before, even if it wasn't new features. Mm. It, we still got to see, you know, Pokemon we hadn't. Yeah, that's true. And, whatnot. and like new settings. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm very interested in this. Um, but next, they announced uh, something that people have been clamoring for for a long time to the point where like people are sick of them talking about it on, on Twitter.com, everyone's <laughs> favorite website. Uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh,. What do you guys think of these? Um, I didn't play these games, but sorry, I'm like looking at the IGN page and they mentioned Yakuza, so my mind, my eyes literally glazed over, and I had a weird moment, um, <laughs> like right under the Pokemon video. Um, I thought this looked fine, and then I saw that the internet got they were all mad about it, so that they were was confusing. Very mad about it, yeah. But like, I think it just looks like another Pokemon game, and it looks fun because it's Pokemon. I think it looks cute as hell. Like it's cute, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm confused why people are so angry. Uh, Pokemon well, makes everyone angry. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 thing with with this one, listener, was that people are not people. Are, it's are pretty torn on opinions on the art style, which is is very you know Pokemon's always cartoony, but the games, ever since transitioning to 3D, uh, one thing the games have really had to, to contend with is how to translate the tiny chibi 2d art sprites into a 3d environment um because if you're playing a game on in in 16 bit or 8 bit then your overworld sprites are like little deformed chibi but then you can actually have character sprites in battle but then when they have make 3d games they have to decide if that disparity is going to exist or not and the games keep bouncing back and forth um game freak has really not committed one way or the other so yeah there's like a a split between what people want um, and this one well, leans very hard into Chibi. The characters are like little little uh, game piece looking tokens almost. Until you go adorable. into the battle when it's like they have the full like figure Which or whatever. This is, is fine. That's that's yeah. Like that's a how it was to me of the two D. I I like it. I yeah. I don't have a problem with yeah. that at all. I think that maybe the lighting could do another pass, but maybe there's time mm -hmm. to improve that because it looks some of the colors look a little flat and muddy to me, but. I'm, I'm very curious about this. And you mentioned Game Freak. This is the first, air quotes on mainline because it's a remake, the first mainline game that's not being developed by Game Freak. It is, the team is uh, ILCA, I Love Computer, I think it's I Love Computer Animation is what it's called. It's a Japanese studio that does like grunt work. So like Janelle just said she saw Yakuza 0. They worked on and helped support uh, Nier Automata, Yakuza 0, um, I think they also did the new uh, Dragon Quest game. Um, Work, worked on it at least, yeah. It worked on it. They didn't do like they didn't do like any yeah. major stuff, but they did like you know, 
little like animation is what it sounds like and i think that's really interesting because with the game freak remakes they're always trying to like change and evolve the game this looks like it might just be like a literal copy paste of like because you know pokemon's very hyper protective like they're the most successful media franchise in the world like they're very hyper protective of letting other people change things i think this might just be like a straight rip of those games uh, though yeah i mean the the original worth mentioning the original director um junichi masuda who did the original ds games is is also going to be co-directing it yeah with ilca so there there's sort of like a bit of crossbreeding there um but i'm but that's coming out later this year yeah it definitely you know i know what you mean when you look at omega ruby and alpha sapphire the ones stand out the most because they're the most recent on my memory um they they are immediately recognizable both as mechanical reinventions of the original and also like metatextual yeah yeah like like tributes to the original whereas this very much to me looked more like what um looked more like what the Link's awakening did on switch where it's the it's 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 genuinely just like a fresh coat of paint absolutely yeah and we don't really know that for sure yet obviously it was just announced but that's just our impressions yeah it should be out it'll be out before christmas 2021 so i'll i I will probably get more into and talk about it because uh them being a straight remake is weird because i love these generations but they're also very deeply flawed games so i'm curious what if anything they're going to change uh but we did get change in what game freak has been working on uh do you guys want to talk a little bit about that <clears throat> yeah, Nolan, go for it. Okay. Um, they, and by they I mean Nintendo and Game Freak, have been dealing for, for a while with, with fans, you know, in the wake of Breath of the Wild, talking about how Pokemon needs a reinvention because the games have been following such strict formulaic, you know, blueprints for so long. Um, obviously, Game Freak has not done that with the main series, but it looks like they actually are uh, taking the time that they're getting by having Diamond and Pearl remakes outsourced to someone else to make a game called Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is pretty pretty drastically a departure from the Pokemon formula, um, and, and at least seeming from the trailer, seems to address a lot of the specific things that people have wanted out of this sort of dream open world pokemon game with some with some caveats but things like pokemon rather than being random encounters that are instanced actually being characters in the world that move around and interact with the ecosystem things like being able to actually throw pokeballs and um you know sneak up on pokemon in the wild things like you know maybe you don't want to scare a big bear pokemon because they can actually damage you and you need to run away think things like this um but on the other side of the coin it's also going to be like in, in a very weird thing it's never happened to my understanding it's sort of like a pokemon period piece it's set yeah it's set in the in, in the feudal period of the Sinnoh region i'm so um, into that but it's 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 like the pokeballs are made of in wood. the past I'm it's, so into that. I want one of those like on my shelf yeah, so yeah. bad. It's so cool. So it's so cool. This 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 game's um, setting uh, predates Pokemon trainers. It, it predates established Pokemon leagues. Um, weird, weirdly enough, though it predates Pokemon trainers, they still have Pokeball technology. Well, you're making the you, first you would ever think Pokedex. Would follow. Yeah, you're you're like a precursor to this whole. This this is like the Skyward Sword of Pokemon, I guess. Yeah, it's the beginning of the timeline, but it um. 
it looks just as empty as Breath of the Wild. They actually only showed one town, and I, it's it's unclear right now if there are going to be other towns or if this will be like a kind of like spoking out of a hub. Thing. Yeah, but, that um, that emptiness kind of concerns me. Like, yeah. and, and this game, it, the the gimmick has me very interested. I like the idea of it being a weird spinoff. Um, little, okay, a little bit of a tangent, but you mentioned earlier fans are very mad that Pokemon or Game Break and Nintendo and creatures all refuse to change Pokemon. But, like, I don't know if this is a result of Pokemon just being bigger, but, like, it's charming when Dragon Quest does it, right? It's charming sure. when they do the same thing. But when Pokemon does, it's, it's, a, it's a mortal sin, well, you know? Well, to, 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 be, to be fair, I think one big difference there is that because Dragon Quest is so samey, Dragon Quest has consistently failed to have fans in the West. And actually the sameness and predictability has not rung true with fans to the point where a lot of people call dragon quest kitty overly childish and kind of boring but i think that the fact that pokemon has a passionate fan base in the west exposes it to that kind of criticism in a way that dragon quest the only people in america playing dragon quest are like people who are really into dragon quest there, there there's not really like that many people in america who like grew up on dragon quest and then are now disillusioned with it because they probably just didn't even know it existed yeah i feel like that's a difference that's fair um but and, and that is a good point and i don't want to yeah. say that like they shouldn't change because for a weird spinoff title like this i say go for it but i am a little concerned because not only does it look really empty i don't know if you guys noticed this um there's like a weird uh lod thing going on like a level of detail where Pokemon would move at, like, five frames a second when you weren't see that, very that far one. from them. There was one in the trailer. It was I don't know a Pokemon well enough to know, but it was, like, a like a little floating Pokemon bobbing around, and it... Uh, it looked real it was, rough. It, it, was, it was the only part of the whole trailer that stood out to me as bad, but what, what stands out to me more about it is that it's, like, a two-minute trailer, and you could have just shown any... Yeah. Other thing. Yeah. Why that one? Yeah. Um, Unless it's indicative of the whole game. Frame rate be damned. If this game is has even a tiny bit of like difficulty, it'll be better than any other Pokemon yes. game I've played. Like yeah, I yeah. just wanna play a Pokemon game that feels like a challenge. Um and I'm really hoping that happens with this. I doubt it will. But I'm I, hoping it does. And you also mentioned Breath of the Wild, Nolan. Um and that, and that also kinda of ties into your difficulty thing. The idea of Breath of the Wild being, like, this very, like, modular sandbox experience, it, that's not going to be what happens in Pokemon, because those are, like, two no. fundamentally different ideas. But they very clearly want you to think it is. They are using, like, the same shots and ideas to invoke Breath of the Wild memories, because every video game wants to be Breath of the Wild nowadays. That that has me a little concerned, and no matter what happens, people are going to be angry, right? Because But I'm worried they're going to mm -hmm. be angry because... It's not the the open world Breath of the Wild experience that they wanted in Pokemon, right? So, for me, Janelle, what you said is really interesting. How if this game has any difficulty, you'd be sold on it. For me, um, I I want this game to be pretty hands off because my my issue is like, I really enjoy collecting Pokemon and trying to learn things like oh, you have a higher chance of. Uh, running into this one when it's raining outside after 6 p.m. or whatever. Th those things are really interesting to me. The trainer battles, though, are... So sorry, sorry, Pokemon fans, but the trainer battles in mainline Pokemon games outside of, like, the Elite Four are so 
fucking dull to play. They're yeah. so boring and <laughs> yeah, vapid yeah, yeah. of literally anything that I almost never finish a Pokemon game. If this game doesn't have trainers, if this game doesn't have gyms, and it lets me go out Red Dead Redemption 2 style, roam around the world, and just go, I want to find all of the Pokemon that spawn on this lake and return to this lake multiple times in different weathers and try and suss out. The challenge for me will be like pretending to be this early sort of biologist just figuring out how to catalog all the wildlife that like that to me is really engaging um even if the battles aren't hard it it just like relinquishing me from being railroaded into your boring story with bad combat it would be better yeah i think that's i think that's a better (laughs) way to say what i'm thinking as well if i have to do that please make it more challenging but please don't make me do that yeah yeah well this comes out kiss a pikachu yeah well, you'll, you will be able to kiss a Pikachu. That'll happen. Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll, they will never, ever since Pokemon X came out, Pokemon will never be comfortable not letting you pet your Pokemon ever again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, they, was, they, that was a smart idea, <laughs> right? Like, it was. Letting you interact with your Pokemon is, is, is a good idea. Um, but this game's coming out in uh, 2022. Hopefully we'll see more of it, and hopefully it'll look a little better. Um you guys want to know what the what the what the, what the starters are? Yeah. Tell them, Alex. Uh, I thought this was actually kind of clever. I don't know if you yeah. guys picked up on this, but it's a. Uh, it is, yeah. It's a uh, Rowlet, Oshawott, and Cyndaquil. Which they're all three. And correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but they're all three from different generations. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that that is really attractive to me. But also, their final evolutions, I think, are supposed to be very feudal Japan themed. Like Oshawott's final evolution is Samurott, which is a big samurai yeah. otter. Uh, Rowlet's is, I don't remember what it's called, but it's an owl archer. Mm-hmm. And then Cyndaquil is Typhlosion, which is like a big bear badger thing. So it's very much like Japanese frontier type <laughs> aesthetic I think they're going for. <laughs> which which just, I think is a nice touch. I like When that. you described the otter, I was like, that sounds cool as fuck. So I, of course, looked it up. He looks so, so bad. Little, Samurai it's so, is so tiny. stupid. Oh. He's really funny. He's oh, cute Osh- as hell. Oshawott's cute as hell. Samurott's pretty bad, but I love Oshawott, and I think Duwat is the evolution. They're pretty great. He's got a little. Fr- oh, okay, I, I knew see. it was some kind of glitch. They were only showing Oshawott. Okay, I was Samurott's like, that's cool. so stupid. Samurott is cool. Samurott's fine. She looked up um, Oshawott final evolution, and it said Samurott in big letters, but it only showed pictures of Oshawott. <laughs> <laughs> Oshawott forever. <laughs> It's like cute little dude, like never it's the not final evolution. Damn. Um, I want to. I want to say, and so some listener doesn't think I have terrible opinions. I, I, I do think that the Pokemon battle system is is actually genius. Po- Pokemon battles are amazing. Um. But the the ones they give you in the game are not. That, that's all I mean. Yeah, fighting your friends in Pokemon is really fun. Fighting. Um, the boy in shorts is not so fun. It's just there's like comfy and so, easy to wear though. There's like That's so true. little. There's so few times in mainline Pokemon games, except for the gym leader battles, which by and large are are pretty fun. I like those. There are very few times when you can't just like use whatever move has the most charges, and mm. and does like the most general kind of damage on your strongest Pokemon to get through every trainer. Which is why, to me, the challenge and intrigue of Pokemon comes entirely from the catching, because it's actually way more interesting figuring out how to get each Pokemon down to low enough HP before they flee or die, 
yeah um until 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 you find false swipe and then put that on your strongest pokemon and then and then you can forget about that whole part of the game again you, you gotta remember <laughs> that these games are made for children so like i know but i'm but I'm not a kid, and I want to play. It. But, but for <laughs> like, but for 25 years, but Pokemon has followed us, huh? That's true. That's true. That's a very good point. I just like I like I see a new Pokemon game get announced, and I'm like, oh, I love Pokemon. I can't wait to play this Pokemon, and then I get it, and then I just get bored of it, and that sucks. And I and it and it's on me, I guess. Um, no, I, I really mean... liked X and Y a lot. Um, I just didn't I didn't finish Sun and Moon, didn't finish Short Sword and Shield. I, I feel like since the uh, sixth, prior to the sixth generation, I had played almost every Pokemon game. I think I'm my friend group. Almost all of us skipped Generation Five for some for some reason. I don't know why we all did that. But you know, I don't know. I think it's because we grew. We were like too cool for Pokemon for a brief period I guess. of time. Yeah. But I basically played everything to some degree of completion up until uh, I finished X and Y. And then ever since then, I don't know if it's me or if it's the series, but I feel like Pokemon has just declined pretty sharply in quality since like Pokemon X, and even and even then, that was Pokemon X. Yeah, people to me, like was not as good as Pokemon Sapphire was to me. People hate Pokemon um, X and Y. I actually really like those games. Those are like those, for a lot of people, those are seen as like the beginning of the end, right? I I, I love those ones. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I, I think it's a little of both because people are realizing this is not the same game that it was when they were a child. Like they have grown up, but also there is there have been some minor changes. Um, you know, game games in general were harder too. Um, even actually even at this age you go back and play gen one and two um there's some pretty substantial difficulty spikes uh they're not as hard as you know games that are actually trying to to challenge you but there's definitely nothing quite like that in the series since then i i think maybe we got a little we got a brief uh tease of what difficult strategic pokemon could look like with the totem pokemon in sun and moon um but, i don't know but about they that. but they weren't like really even that difficult it was just they were more interesting and required more thought than like it was a breath of fresh air because the games had done so little in that arena for so long i think a lot of the post-game stuff and of course cynthia is famously hard in uh diamond yeah. and pearl and platinum um was tough but the issue is you have to play through those games to get to that end and if you don't if you're not feeling it you're not feeling it right yeah um, yeah so we are running pretty low on time, and I don't think we should go over again. Do we I want... just want to save this stuff for next week? We could say, because there's one thing here that I think, Janelle, you'd like to talk about, and I think it's really interesting. Um, They're but... fixing Dragon Age. Almost, I'll say it really fast, because um, oh. I haven't read this in a few days. EA took... Okay, it sounds to me like whoever was working on like fixing Anthem, they said, stop it now. <laughs> we're working on Dragon Age 4. And that um, EA agreed to let Dragon Age 4 be a single-player game, which That's shouldn't so be... That's fucking funny. It's really funny. And it's it shouldn't be so shocking because they've all been single-player yeah. games. But that is shocking, and I am very excited in all of my hesitation before. I think part of the reason I was shit-talking Dragon Age so much a few episodes ago was that I was afraid of being hurt. But now nothing can hurt me, and I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> so... But now you're just opening yourself up for even more pain. <laughs> I, know, I was gonna oh, say, yeah. that's not gonna solve anything. People can still make bad single-player games. No. Bioware's done it like five times! No! <laughs> 
I, but the the like article. This is a Jason Schreier article. The the the, the like the the thing that he like tweeted out was like after the failure of Anthem, uh, EA has relented and decided to let uh, Dragon Age Four or Dragon Age become a single player RPG. That's like saying after the the failure of Mario Kart, like. <laughs> Sony has relented and let Bloodborne Two become a uh, a like action no. game. Before that, it was going to be a car racer, See, right? Like, I, that's such a ridiculous uh, thing. I think it, I think it makes sense though. I think it makes sense because they thought that they were discovering a new business model they could apply to any genre. It wasn't like this game and this genre aligns with what this was before. It was like no, take like every game that you possibly could and put drip feed content updates and like like. Uh, drop in, drop out multiplayer into it. Yeah. Boom. Done. Like, ooh, like we're in the money, baby. Put that, put that shit in Mass Effect. I don't even care. People uh, <laughs> like to say that the end of Anthem is like what heralded the end of games as a service, but like I think the the bigger red flag was Avengers. If you can't take the one of the biggest and most successful like media IPs in the world and make it a good, popular, best selling game, then like. You're done. Man. I like, that's think it. that people yeah. who say Kiss that your in ass general. Goodbye, then. Let me let me give you a hot take. I think people who say that are correct, but not that games as a service has any nails in its coffin. I think games as a service will literally never die. I I, I, I think that it will evolve. But I think a that it will be applied flavor to flavor of games. Like how it's like how there every is, multiplayer game is technically a MOBA. Games as a service I, yes. means something particular. The, the, yes, I agree with that. And I'm not saying that that flavor of games as a service will survive. However, I will say, when the games industry opened Pandora's box on uh, things like microtransaction content and uh, small-scale DLC, the age of like DLC as we know it in the Xbox 360 days where they release like, two expansions that are only like six seven hours long you pay 15 bucks for them that is dead right but the pandora's box on that style of content delivery will never ever be closed and i think that is true as well of taking single player games and experimenting with slapping online social content onto them that incentivizes players to keep themselves looped in i don't think that pandora's box will ever be closed either even if even if they find out new and more subtle ways to do it because it might not work for EA, but it's worked for Assassin's Creed. It's worked for basically everything Ubisoft does, right? Um, it 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 works for Nintendo. Like they're not they're not going to stop doing it. I've heard that Tim EA can't have sex with his wife anymore because <laughs> he can only um, get off thinking about games as a service. Oh man, that does he sound like Tim them. EA. He does love those a little also, too much. Also, also, come on, come much. on, you guys, come on, you guys. People, people will make fun of loot boxes and microtransactions and keys and live events, but Fortnite is not slowing down. Fortnite That's a good is point. Bigger and bigger and bigger every day. <laughs> That's a good. It's people a, are going to keep trying to do it's it. It's been a Fortnite, hasn't it? Like we'll get tired of it, but there will always be new people aging into it, yeah. and that's the yeah. only market that matters. You don't need um, retention. You just need high turnover. <laughs> That's all you need. I want to make jokes, but it, but we have only a couple minutes, and it looks yeah. like somebody asked us a question. Yeah. Really? They, yeah, they asked us a question. Uh, we could oh. save it if we really wanted to, but eh, we can go like Give a Give it minute. to us. Uh, it was just really quick. It was, what is your favorite RPG stat? I know Nolan's. What? It's stealth. Wait, what? 
Oh. Like, if uh, I had to I, guess, that's probably your favorite RPG stat. I guess. I'll come back to it. What's yours now? Fuck. I don't know. What's yours, Alex? Shit. It, de- it depends on the game, right? Like, yeah. it's so wildly dependent. Like, I don't know. If it's, like, Pokemon, it'd be, like, Special Attack. If it's, like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it, that's, such a, that's such a broad, weird, fun question. Like... Okay. Classic RPGs. I'm into dexterity a lot. JRPGs. Yeah. Like, like um, Yakuza 7 and Persona 5. I'm really into, like, charm. Mm-hmm. For a JRPG? Oh, yeah. JRPGs such as Yakuza 7 and Persona 5. Do they, like do they have a charm stat, though? It has a slightly different name, but I can't remember what it is. Um, Persona 5's is like is like charisma. Yeah, oh, and sure. Yakuza 7's is like you're, fashion. You're, you're like you're like you're not talking about like battle stats though. Those are like like overworld. Look, those, those this count. Was, that this counts. Was, this yeah. was a this was a brief. What's your favorite stat? That counts. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that absolutely counts. Do you have like a favorite battle stat though? I don't fucking. I've never thought about this. Okay. Do you? Um, you know what? I realized that my like with your answer doesn't even work because i was going to say for western rpgs it would be probably speech um that's or like the same shit right yeah. and that, is, that shit. is the same thing yeah. so you're, you're, you're totally right yeah i guess jrpgs are just so new and unique but they, they work um yeah so for western rpgs like i really like yeah like speech and charisma because i like um i like all of the little hidden story content and dialogue that's mm-hmm, locked mm-hmm. behind those gates yeah um for like jrpgs i like speed a lot I really like when you can formulate your turn so that you can take out the enemy before they even get a turn by like stacking your fastest characters and getting damage out just like boom like that's super satisfying to me my did i just cut you off no okay my least favorite thing in a video game is combat i don't give a shit about it i don't think it's very fun in any video game no i mean that's so broad but i that's the thing i care the least about in basically any game that's not really like what i like about games so much so i tend to also like things like that can get me interesting dialogue or cut scenes or or like help me find items stuff like that Mm mm-hmm can I say my least favorite one? Yeah. yeah. In in JRPGs, but specifically in turn-based games. I don't like it when games have um, an entire button devoted to guarding or blocking. Because I, I think that that's, that's boring. It's basically like you wait for the little cue that the boss is charging an attack, and then you just don't get a turn. And you get damaged, you can't do anything about it. Uh, but if you miss it, you get punished for it. But you don't get rewarded for it, right? Like, it's like big, big punishment or little punishment. What's way more fun is when characters have, like, buff stats that you can either apply, like, a physical counter or a magic damage counter or, or like, a reflect or, like, an agility buff. And when you can prep for sweep attacks by, like, granting people extra dodge chance or whatever. Because that actually is still strategic it feels like part of the game whereas when you have a guard button and you're just supposed to be like okay now on this turn hit circle and then next turn you get to play again i think that's boring i don't yeah. mind a guard spell like you have to spend resources to guard yeah yeah right? yeah but, that's but just I like mean. press circle to guard yeah that's yeah. I, I i i love i love guard spells i especially love when guard spells are like granted only to one ally or something because then you have to predict where the damage is going to go or when you can do it like okay, set up the whole party to, to to like reflect physical damage, but then maybe the you you misjudged and it's like a fire attack and then it doesn't work or whatever because that's still part of the, the the play. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I like I like turn-based battles, you guys. I want. I, I, I do too. I think battle game. A lot of people were complaining that uh, the new Pokemon or the new remake of the Pokemon game still use turn-based battles. Like, but I I think that turn-based battles are fine. People are They're sick so of fun. them, but I am I have no problem with them. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's that. Yeah. I guess that's the Emerald Games Cast episode fifty-six. Um, if you uh, want to. I didn't ask you guys if you have a least favorite stat, do you? In like in like a few seconds, do you? I'm copying yours. Okay, what about you, Alex? Uh, probably strength, if I had to guess. Really? Cause, yeah, you can what? usually do more with like magic or special attacks, I feel like. Mm. Those yeah. are more interesting game, and, or my inter- more interesting mechanics than just punch and hit hard. But it's like it, more it, again, it's, than... just, it's so wildly dependent, right? Like. Yeah, absolutely. But it's true, like, any any sort of character-building choice that is um, more, like, specific and has more trade-offs than just make your damage number bigger yeah. is always more intriguing. You know what, listener question? I want someone to send in. I want them to ask me what my favorite tree is in the, in the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. What is it? Well, we'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look forward to that on the Emerald Gamescast episode 57. Uh, but for now, if you want to send us a question... Preferably that question. If you want to ask us what our favorite tree is in Skyrim or what Janelle's favorite tree is in Skyrim, you can do so at the uh, Emerald... I'll share. Ask us all. Yeah. Emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. Um, you can also go to our Twitter, at ODE Gamescast, where there is a Google form you can submit a question to, or uh, obviously you could also just tweet us. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever done that before, so you could be the first. We have people tweet at us and talk about us. We have? With a question? Not with a question. Yeah, not with a question. Make make history, listener. It'll be like Mr. Krabs framing the dollar on his wall. We'll we'll take a screenshot of your tweet and we'll print it out and we'll frame it on the in the penthouse floor of the of the Emerald Games Cast Tower. That used to bug me as a kid because I always thought I'm, why I would spend the dollar. You would need a dollar. <laughs> when I was a kid and I wanted bubble gum, <laughs> I needed a dollar. I always loved when my parents when I was a kid and they were like. We're not, like, we, we can't afford that. And I'd be like, when you go to the grocery store, you spend $200 and you can't afford 45 on me. <laughs> <laughs> I never I, 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 I never said that. I was a grateful kid. But in my brain, I thought, you have more money than you're letting on, Mom. <laughs> I How dare you, pay, you save any money? <laughs> I know you pay thousands in rent. <laughs> Anyways, you can get us questions there. Um, but, yeah, I'm Nolan. With me has been... Luigi. <laughs> We're back at Luigi again. And also, Luigi. <laughs> and you can see us next week on episode 57. See you later.